The Word of God is living. It is powerful, infallible, indestructible, incorruptible, and it will work mightily in me. And now, your host, Pastor Jerry Maya Williams, from the service already in progress. Happy Resurrection Day. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. I was saying to my wife on the way to church today that today really doesn't seem like Easter. I remember as a young boy celebrating Easter, and we did in our home every year because we were members of the church. We were Christian folk. And uh, Easter for me as a young boy was getting new Easter clothes to wear on Sunday. How many remember that? Mom would always buy my brothers and I new clothes to wear on Sunday for that Easter. Then I looked forward to the Easter program at the church. And many times we'd have an Easter play. And then after the service, all the kids received a bag of goodies, candies, and fruits. And I always looked forward to that. And then occasionally there would be an Easter hunt. And I always looked forward to that because I always knew a way to cheat. Amen? Amen? So that was Easter for me. But, you know, as I grew older and as I became closer in my relationship with God, I came to understand that Easter has nothing to do with new clothes for that Sunday, nothing to do with the, the Easter program or the church play or, or any of the other things we did at our church, part of our tradition for Easter. Easter is really about us being reminded about the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And what the resurrection reminds us of is that we, every one of us, we have hope in this life and in the life to come. Would you open your Bibles and read along with me in 1 Peter. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3. Here Peter says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who, according to his abundant mercy, has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Can we read that again? Peter said, We need to bless God. We need to give thanks to the Father. Why? Because of his abundant mercy. Abundant mercy. Not only did he save us, but he caused us to be born again. Born again to a living hope. And Peter said he did that through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Now here Peter is writing this verse because when Peter saw that Jesus Christ had been condemned to death, he bled and died on the cross, 
when Peter saw that Jesus had been buried, Peter's hope was destroyed. However, three days later, when Peter received word that Jesus had risen, Peter's hope is now restored. And Peter called that hope a living hope. Jesus Christ, our blood sacrificial offering, he died on the cross. He shed his blood on the cross for our eternal salvation. But the resurrection was for our justification. The resurrection was to assure every one of us that one day we too will also be resurrected. If you believe that, say amen. amen. So the resurrection gives us hope. Amen. There's a lot of Christian denominations. They debate whether Jesus' resurrection was a bodily resurrection. Well, I just joined myself to the Apostle Paul today on that point. As Paul told the Corinthians, he said, If Christ did not rise from the dead, I want you to hear this. If Christ did not rise from the dead, then those of us who believe in him, we are of all men most miserable. We're just a bunch of sorry folk trying to fake it till we make it if we don't believe that Christ rose from the dead. I believe that Christ rose from the dead because he said he would. He told the Pharisees, destroy this body, destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it again. On another occasion, he says, as Jonah was in the belly of the well for three days and for three nights, so shall the Son of Man be in the belly of the earth for three days and three nights. But on that third day, sometimes between Saturday evening at sundown and Sunday morning before the sun rose, Jesus got up out of the grave. And if you're happy about that, say amen. amen. So with the resurrection, we have hope to live by. Hope to live by. A hope to live by is a living hope. And a living hope is living power. God wants us to live our lives with power. And we can live our lives with power with this living hope. In life, and most of you have lived long enough to know this, in life, there are strong winds and contrary forces that come against you. They come against you to beat you down. And to keep you down. I remember growing up as a little boy, I became, I, I, I began to understand some of these contrary forces. And I look at my own mother and father. How my father escaped Jim Crow, Mississippi. And he migrated our family to a northern state. And he did that because he had the hope that his family could have a better life than the family he grew up in. And undoubtedly, my father's father, my father's grandfather was a slave. But my parents had this hope that if they could just get up out of this place 
and go to another place. They had the hope of a better opportunity for their children. They had the hope that their children would graduate from high school and go on to college. And so some of these contrary forces, some of these strong headwinds in life, many are dealing with them today, like discrimination, racism, housing, discrimination, lending redlining. All those things are strong winds to push us down and to keep us down. And then when we look at the educational system, many of our schools are underperforming. And we're victims of that soft bigotry of low expectations. Many of you have felt with that strong headwind of unemployment or underemployment. These are all things that come against us in life. Beyond sickness and disease, trouble, all these things, they come against us in life. But through the resurrection of Jesus Christ, and thank God for Jesus, we now can have, as Peter said, a living hope. Thank God for that living hope. Glory to God. And that hope gives me hope that my tomorrow will be better than my yesterday. Is that right? Now, a lot of people say, well, all you need is faith. All you need is faith. Well, understand something, beloved. There is a difference between faith and hope. And hopefully I can under, I'll explain the relationship to you before I take my seat. But we need both. Amen? We know that the Ephesians, not Ephesians, but Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1 tells us, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So faith is substance of things we hope for. So what is the difference between faith and hope? I'm going to break it down and make it real simple. You know, faith is now. If you're not believing it now, you don't have faith. Faith is now, but hope is in the future. Hope is always future. Huh? How many believe in for a better future? Well, see, that's hope. That's hope. You see, faith is grounded in the reality of what has been done, what God has said in the past and in the present. We stand on the Word of God. We're ground. This is our foundation. And faith grounds us in the Word of God, the words that God has spoken, and that rhema word that God is speaking to us right here and right now. That's what faith is. But on the other hand, hope is looking forward. It's looking toward the reality of the future. With, with that confident expectation, hope is looking forward to the future with an anticipation of the answer. I'll illustrate that with Father Abraham. Father Abraham. Remember God appeared to Father Abraham in Genesis chapter 12. He appeared to Father Abraham when he was living in a heathen nation. And he spoke to Father Abraham, and he says, I will make you the father of many nations. And the Bible goes on to tell us in Genesis that Abraham believed God, and God counted that as righteousness. 
But Abraham was 75 years old when God spoke to him, made him the promise, I'll make you the father of many nations. So for 25 years, all Abraham had was that word from God. He had faith to stand on, but he also had hope to look toward the future of a son being born because there's no way you can be a father without a son, without offspring. For 25 years, this man had both faith and hope. In fact, the Bible says those things that were not, he believed those things that were not as though they were. That takes not only faith, but that takes hope. The Bible says Abraham was against hope. Who being against hope? He believed in hope that he might be the father of many nations. Why did he need hope and just not just faith? He had faith in God's promise, but he had to have hope that what he was believing God for would come and be manifested sometime in the future. You see, Abraham was 75 years old when God made him this promise. He was already an old man. His wife, Sarah, the Bible says her womb was dead. So all the circumstances of life was against them. Like many times, circumstances of life are against us. But we still got to be grounded in what God said. And then we got to have hope and we got to anticipate with confident expectation that it's going to come to pass. Don't you ever feel bad because you've been standing on a word for years. You've been confessing what God said for years. Don't you ever feel bad about that. Continue to walk in faith. You see, we walk in faith, not by sight, but we live by hope. We live by hope. See, hope says get up from this, this darkened place you're in. Get up from this, this dangerous Jim Crow environment. Get up from that. Go to another place. And that's exactly what God told Abraham to do, to get up, to get out of his father's house, to get away from his kindred, get away from your country, and go to a place that I will show you. You see, faith will believe God, but it takes hope to keep you going. Did you hear what I said? It takes faith to keep you going. You see, it takes hope to keep you going. Now, a lot of people give up. And one of the reasons to give up is because they didn't add hope to their faith. And that's what the resurrection gives us. You know, when Jesus died on the cross, he shed his blood. He was buried. And many of his disciples thought that that was a wrap. Lights out. Many of them said, well, let's go back to fishing. Because they thought that was the end. But no, Jesus rose on the third day. And when he rose on the third day, that gave his disciples hope. So Peter and his disciples are no longer hiding out with fear in the upper room. They're no longer cowering. But now because of the resurrection, Peter can stand up on the day of Pentecost with great faith and great boldness and with power and preach the word of God. Because of that living hope. Is that right? So 
Abraham being against hope, he believed in hope. He believed in it. In other words, he kept on keeping on. You see, Paul tells us also that this hope Peter's talking about, Paul tells us this in Romans chapter 8. He said, this hope, this hope is where we were saved. We were saved by this hope according to his abundant mercies. He saved us. Huh? And hope is not seen. Let me say it again. Hope is not seen. Paul went on to say in Romans chapter 8, verse 24, he says, in this hope we were saved, and hope that is seen is not hope. Why would a man still hope for that he sees? How many of you have jobs? And you receive your paycheck, and you're still hoping to get paid. How many have jobs? You see where they made the direct deposit in your account, but you're still hoping to get paid? We do not hope for what we see. We hope for what we don't see. And we have this confident expectation that it's going to come to pass. We anticipate the answer. I'm believing God for the answer. And now I'm anticipating that the answer is going to be manifested. That's hope. Is that right? So you don't see this thing. So what is, what is happening in any of our lives right now that we're believing God for? Maybe you're battling with sickness or disease. Maybe you're battling with a bad marriage or trouble in your home. Maybe you have a problem with one of your loved ones. Perhaps you're estranged from somebody you really love. You can still have faith that God is going to heal and repair the relationship. But hope anticipates the answer. Even though that person seems to have drifted further and further away from you, that does not destroy faith, but that calls hope to come alive. And you said, I'm still believing God that's going to come to pass. And I'm anticipating the answer. Huh? Some Christians have been criticized about hope. Don't raise your hands. But how many times somebody criticized you because you, you just say it without thinking, you know, I hope and pray. And somebody who's ultra faith oriented would say, that's not faith. That's not faith. Well, they don't really know the Bible. It's all right to hope and pray. Let me say it again. It's all right to hope and pray. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for. Hope for, hope for, the evidence of, not, of things not seen. It's all right to hope and pray as long as you're praying in faith and you're hoping with a confident expectation that God's going to perform it. That's all right to hope. You see, hope fuels our faith. Hope fuels our faith. There is no faith without hope. There is no hope without faith. You can't have one without the other. The same way an engine needs fuel to run. Faith needs hope to be alive and strong. Is that right? Hmm? There is no faith without hope. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. 
the evidence of things I do not see. So hope that is seen is not faith. But Peter says that Jesus has given us a living hope, a living hope. You know, living hope has to do with living. It's living like Jesus is alive and well, right here with you. Come on. He is alive and well right here with you. And remember, I mentioned Peter earlier. You remember how the disciples just scattered after Jesus was arrested, taken to custody, and then when he was eventually crucified and he died, these disciples, their group fell apart. Some of them decided to go back to fishing. Some of them were just hiding out in fear because of the Romans. But Peter said something about that hope was restored. It might have been destroyed when Jesus died, but after his resurrection, we saw that hope restored. And Peter felt like that hope was a living hope. It's a hope you live with. In other words, you live as if the Lord is alive and well, and he is. You live as if the Lord is right here with you. That's living hope. huh? So when Peter stood up on the day of Pentecost, he was not afraid. He was not afraid. He said, these men are not drunken as you suppose. But this is that spoken by the prophet Joel, that in the last days said God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. And he preached that message with boldness. Why? Before the resurrection, Jesus had told his disciples in the gospel of John chapter 14, I believe around verse 16, he says, and I will pray the Father to give you another comforter who shall abide with you forever. How long is forever? How long is forever? Jesus says, I got to go away to the Father, but I'm going to pray the Father to give you another comforter. In other words, another like me. He's going to give you another comforter, somebody just like me, who will abide with you forever. Then verse 26 explains who that somebody is, that comforter is. It is the Holy Ghost. The comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father shall send in my name. He shall teach you all things. Glory to God. God wants to teach every one of us how to live. And he will bring all things to remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. We got to stop living our lives like we're here alone. We got to stop living our lives like Jesus is still in the grave. He got up on that Sunday morning. He arose from the dead. And when he arose from the dead, Peter says he gave us a living hope. A hope to live by. To live with power. So he promised his disciples, even before the cross, that the Father is going to give you another comforter who's going to abide with you forever. Then after the resurrection, after he had appeared to disciples, after he had gathered them together, he gave them what's referred to as a great commission. And in this great commission recorded in Matthew chapter 28, in this great commission, he said to them, you go, you go into all the world, preach the gospel to every creature. He says, go ye therefore, teaching all nations, 
baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe whatsoever I've commanded you. Then he went on to put the exclamation mark on this, these instructions. He says, and lo, lo, I am with you even until the end of the world. Why do we live like God is dead? Why do we live like Jesus never got up out of the grave? Why do we live lives of weaknesses? I know strong winds come against us. I know strong forces come to knock us down. But we got to get up. Hope picks you up. Hope will pick you up. And hope will tell you to keep on keeping on. Nobody's had it easy in life. Particularly if you're of the same hue I am. Every one of us dealt with something. You were born into this world where the odds were against you. You were born into a world where the system was designed to keep you down or destroy you. This is what we have to deal with. But Peter says, blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy... Not only did he save us for an eternal inheritance in heaven, but he also saved us to live powerful lives. He caused us to be born again. By the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. I'm talking about a living hope. It's a hope we live by. The resurrection is not something we talk about on Easter Sunday or something we talk about, you know, you know, here and there. It's understand the revelation why he got up out of the grave. When he got up out of the grave, he said, all power, all power in heaven and earth is in my hand. He was resurrected that we might live powerful lives. Glory to God, you don't have to keep crawling in life. You can get up and start walking. And when you get tired of walking, you can start running because of a living hope. Not only do you have faith, you have hope. You have this confident expectation, even though I don't see it. It seems like everything is against me. The odds are against me. That's all right. I still believe in my heart. That's what hope is. I still believe in my heart that what God said is going to come to pass in my life. And I'm standing on his word, and I'm hoping for a better tomorrow. Do you hear what I'm saying? Do you hear what I'm saying? Now listen to me very carefully in closing. A living hope is not only for the future. You see, I grew up in a church where we always talked about dying and going to heaven, that pie-in-the-sky stuff. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Eternal life began the very moment you trusted God and you believed in his son, Jesus Christ. That very moment you made your peace with God, eternal life began. You don't have to die and go to some place in the sky to have a better life. You can have a better life right here, right now, according to the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. That's a living hope. That's a living hope. So no matter 
what pain you face in life, no matter what the test. Join us Sunday at Agape Word Fellowship, where Dr. Jerry Maya Williams is your pastor, proclaiming a life-changing message of the agape love and power that God is. For more information, log on now at www.agapeword.net. 1430 South New Hope Road, Agape Word Fellowship.